everybody welcome back to the upside swings draft podcast the podcast with the highest ceiling i'm your host bryce Hendricks, joined as always by stone hansen and uh the next guest in our series of team specific guests uh evan zamir is here to talk about the warriors evan how are you doing i'm doing pretty good guys yeah stone uh good i'm really excited to uh see what evan has to say about his warriors um he's one of my favorite followers on twitter so i'm excited to get his perspective Absolutely. Um, so just a, a little setup for the Warriors. Um, sort of had an interesting season this year. Steph put up MVP numbers, uh, but Clay was still injured. The roster was still sort of, uh, I, I would say, slightly poorly constructed around him. Um, you know, and they ended up losing to the Grizzlies in that last play in game for the eight seed, missing the playoffs. But they ended up with two good consolation prizes in the seven and 14 pick. Um, so Evan, I'll throw it to you. Uh, do you want to just give us a little rundown on how this team is constructed and, and some holes that the Warriors need to fill? Yeah, so I would say, um, well, let's start with the fact that they uh, their defense was actually pretty good last year. They, they were the fifth, uh, I think by the end of the season, the fifth highest or fifth lowest uh, defensive rating. And that's even that's after playing Wiseman quite a lot of minutes. And I think, as people know, he, you know, he's he wasn't exactly like stellar on the defensive end. Uh, so despite that, you know, Draymond obviously for, uh, first team all defense again. Uh, Wiggins actually, you know, he's got tools. He's a pretty good defender. Um, so I think on that side, they were actually pretty decent. Ubre, when he was healthy, he's he's actually a good defender too. Um, and then Looney, I mean, he's like so under the radar, but Looney is just always a solid defender. Um, so on that side, they're pretty good. It's it's the offense where there's there's just a lot of issues, even you know having one of the best offensive players of all time and stuff. Um, you, you know, it, after Steph, I mean the the next best uh, offensive creator is i don't know jordan pool maybe like <laughs> it's either him or wiggins it's just a, it's a really bad situation on offense uh you know obviously not having clay for the entire season so um that i think that's that's you know obviously that's something they they need to address i think that's the biggest thing they need to address is like um clay is you know hopefully clay comes back and is, and is healthy and you know, he's great. Um, but who's going to be like that second, you know, third playmaker, especially when Steph sits, uh, they're often just craters when Steph sits. Draymond is basically, you know, he's going through the same, I mean, maybe it's not as obvious as Simmons, but it's been the last few years. He basically just doesn't shoot anymore. Uh, he doesn't try to score. Um, you know, still a great defender. He's still such a good passer. Uh, does so many other things like you, you know he's he's going to be there but uh they just need some other uh, some other shooters some other offense offensive playmakers um especially off the bench i guess um so yeah i think everybody i think it's obvious what their problems are <laughs> so what's not obvious is how to fix them in 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 this timeline where it's like you want to win next season i mean they've already now basically 
wasted two seasons, you know, of Steph Curry, which is like, uh, it, it's a shame, but like, how do you fix it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's something I find really interesting. And even Clay, you know, assuming he comes back, you know, even if he's 80%, Clay is not sort of that secondary playmaker. Right. Um, and honestly, I feel like this has kind of sneakily been a hole, even like even throughout the dynasty. It's just it doesn't matter when you have the four players they had, but right. they've always sort of really struggled with Steph Curry off the floor. Um, and and you, and you know, even back then, like they had guys. I mean, they're not they're not all time great names, but they had like a most Spates <laughs> who would come in, you know, uh, Barbosa <laughs> or. Livingston. Iggy could give you a little bit, you know, like, uh, yeah, they just don't have those guys now. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think there's some hope for, um, there's some hope for, for pool to continue developing. Um, but even then, uh, I would say this is sort of, a, they have two solid spots to try and, um, fill those holes in this draft. This is, a draft that that has some players like that at the, you know, in the within the lottery where they have two picks. So, are there any uh, specific guys you kind of have circled for the Warriors with these two picks? Yeah. So the one guy I really want, and I think they would have to take him at seven because it's it's I I, I just have a feeling he's going to go before before fourteen. Um, is Moses Moody? Um not because he's going to come in and necessarily be that, that guy who creates his own offense right away. I think that's expecting way too much, but I think he gives them another guy who's a, you know, and again, the question is whether this can be in the, in the first season, but he, he can be a two-way player. Uh, I think he can shoot, obviously, uh, you know, I think he can shoot. Uh, I think he can do it off movement um he has a little bit of driving ability you know and so like depending on how quickly he could develop some of that uh you know especially because if you think about it he's almost almost certainly both of these picks would come off the bench so in, in some sense um you know that's a that's a good environment for to develop him so maybe you have pool and moody that could be a good combination uh, the other guys, so that, that's, that's, he's my number one target at seven. I mean, obviously like if there's some trade where he can move up and get, you know, some of the guys in the top four, like I'm all, I just heard Zach Lowe and Gavoni talk about a scenario where we trade up to get Cade. Uh, but short of that, I look at some of these other guys like that, that, that are being thrown, you know, out as names for us. Like, and I'm sure we'll talk about Davion Mitchell but like book night who I, I was a, you know, last year's freshman season, I was, I was talking about him coming out. Like I thought he should have tested the waters last year. So I was a book night fan. Uh, and I've seen a couple warriors writers, you know, and, and some, some mocks have us taking book night. I don't know that he gives you much more than pool, like to be honest, and I'm not a pool fan, but I feel like that's a little, that's just a little bit redundant to me. Like, I don't, I'm not sure um that it would add that much so and and you know if you think about the range between 7 and 14 it's not a lot of like offensive guys 
you could make the argument that, and, and maybe I will, that Shangun is maybe like the, the, the sort of most potent offensive guy there. But, uh, and, and he's one of the guys I would target at 14. Um, but, you know, the other guys are kind of, they might, they might shoot eventually. I like Franz. So, so he's, he's another guy at seven. I think he gives you a, a good combination where I'm not sure he's going to be a shooter, but it's possible. And, and, you know, if he does shoot, he's, he's probably going to be very good. Um, it's a little bit like Denny last year. It's like, you kind of know he's going to be a solid player all around. And the quite the real question is shooting Scotty Barnes clearly could, could do a lot passing and, and, and on the defense. Uh, but the shooting is a huge question. Giddy is an interesting guy. Great passer. I'm not sure about the defense. Uh, and I'm not sure about the shooting. <laughs> Jalen Johnson, another guy, you know, uh, and I've heard some, maybe there's some off-court issues, but like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna worry about that. But like size, um, another guy can make plays. But again, it's the shooting is the question. So it's almost every guy I look at at seven Aside from like guys who are like 22 or 24, you know, years old, like Kispert or Duarte, um, I don't know if they can shoot. And the Warriors just can't afford to take, uh, you know, two guys who, who neither of them, whom could shoot, right? They just can't. Like, it's not going to work. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a risky proposition to depend on two rookies as it is to do anything, you know, next season. But I, you know, I feel like Moody kind of gives you the, in a way, he's younger than Mikhail Bridges, but in, in a way, it's kind of like that. Like maybe he could come in and just all you, all you got to do, man, is shoot and use your length to defend. You know, come off the bench. We're not asking that much of you, and and that seems like a, a relatively feasible thing that he could do. Uh, it's a little bit like you're asking Patrick Williams in Chicago, you know, this year, just come in uh, or a Cora, you know, but the only problem is now you're on a good team. You're on a team that has like title aspirations. Uh, and I think Moody's one of the younger guys in the class. Right. So, but yeah, in terms of the balance of like, can he help us win now? I, I think so compared to a lot of the guys uh, that are, that are there and he has potential to develop. You know, I think that's the thing. Like, you get a balance where, like, Moody, he does have a – I feel like he has a pretty high ceiling um, where you could see sort of flashes of, you know, Middleton, Clay, like those names are out there. Uh, if, if his development curve just goes wild, maybe there's a little bit of Booker in there too. Like, you know, so not that he's going to do any of that in the next two years, but it's, it's kind of like you're, you're getting a little bit now and, and, and maybe, you know, a lot more later. Um, so yeah, Moody at seven, 14, I think is a discussion, you know, I'd like to have with you guys. Cause like I, I could go so many different ways. Um, but yeah, I think Moody at seven makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually glad that you touched on that. Moody is one of my favorite guys too. And for one of the biggest reasons, like you mentioned, where he's he's a safe bet. You know what he's going to bring, uh, especially to the NBA nowadays. His skill set just fits really well on pretty much every team as a 3 and D type archetype. Um, but he also does have 
a, a lot higher of a ceiling than that than just than just strictly being in that mold where um, his passing gets overlooked. I think a lot, uh, maybe not necessarily as a creator, but more of a stationary passer. Um, and there's a lot of aspects to his game that I think uh, can still develop and make him into a lot more than just your typical three and D type guy. Um, but yeah, 14 too, there's definitely some names. Uh, I know you threw out Josh Giddy. Um, that's someone that I think fits sort of what you were looking for in terms of another playmaker, maybe when Clay or uh, Steph sits. Um, but like you mentioned, the, the shooting and the defense are questions, especially early on. Um, so I think that's sort of a good segue into, um, is there any outcome or, or trade outcome? There's a lot of different ways you can go with them where you would either want to trade out of the draft or maybe down because it's such a deep draft or maybe up to try to get like higher end talent. Um, is there any scenarios where that makes sense for you? Yeah, I'll throw out one that I was thinking today. Um, and this will touch on something I, I think you want to talk about later, which is like, what is my nightmare scenario? But like all the mocks are giving us Davion Mitchell, right? And at seven, uh, which to me is just, I think that's insane. Like maybe he'll, nothing against the guy. Like I feel like two months ago uh, or whenever, God, when was, when was March? It was, was it in March or April? Three months ago, whatever it was before the tournament. Uh, who was talking about him? Like, not, you know, it's like this guy jumped up uh, to top 10. I just think it's bonkers. So my thought was like, why would you take Davion Mitchell at seven? Like, if you're going to do that, just trade back and take Deuce, you know? <laughs> like, I, I like, I like McBride like more than Davion, you know? And like, I, I don't, I don't know why you would take him at seven. So that's one scenario, but but again, if you're the, like, that would make sense in a normal situation. If you're like any other, you know, not that any other team would be considering, I feel like we're the one team maybe considering Davion Mitchell, like at seven. So that's, <laughs> it's a weird situation, but uh, that would be one where you'd want to trade back. Um, you know, it's, I, it's different than last year. Like last year I had Poku fifth on my board, right? So if you if you're really super high on a guy like that, you trade back, and it may, it totally makes sense. Uh, I guess Moody is the like so Moody I have fifth, and I would just take him at seven, even though like the mocks I've seen is like 11, 12, 10, you know. So you, I don't think you can risk that he's going to go to fourteen, and even and what are they going to get back if they trade from seven to nine or ten? You know, it's not it's not going to be worth it. So the downside of this is that, you know, if you take Moody at seven, that's a lot of picks to get to 14. Like it might be by the time you get to 14, everyone else you like, Giddy, uh, Scotty, well, Sky Barnes probably gone way before that. But Franz, uh, uh, Shangun may be gone. Like then you're sitting at 14 uh, and then you're kind of looking for me, like it would be probably that next tier where, for me at least, where it's like Zaire, um, uh, uh, Springer, uh, some of these other guys where it's not, it's not necessarily like as good a fit. And, and so, you know, my main thing is I want to get Moody, not too worried about the other guy. Um, but I don't think I don't think trading back makes any sense because it's sort of like a last resort to be in the draft at all for the Warriors. Trading up, if possible, 
you know, just to throw out the trade that Zach Lowe talked about, it's Wiseman seven and 14 for number one, right? And this is only, this is only based on like the idea that Detroit, you know, may really like Wiseman, right? So, you know, but short of that, nobody else is going to, is giving us their pick. Um, so I think the real question is not trading back or trading up. It's like, do we just trade out? Like who, who's out there um, that we could trade for that, that helps us win literally next, next season. I was going to say, I, I'm, I think I've talked about with this, uh, this with you too on Twitter, where it, it makes a whole lot more sense. I think we have a generational uh, offensive player like Steph to do all that you can to push towards a championship. Um, and I'm not sure Wiseman and two more rookies really does that for you, where I think you can maximize them into somebody who is more of a win now player and helps with that timeline instead of waiting another year or two for these guys to develop. So um, I, I think trading out definitely makes the most sense for them. It's just a matter of can you get enough value to make it worth it, I think. Yeah, I think something interesting presented this year with the whole play-in thing has been that I think it's going to be less likely for stars to become available um, because there's four more teams at least who think, oh, we have a better shot. You know what I mean? There's something there because – you know, as much as we think it's championship or bust as fans, for most front offices, they're content with an eight seed every year, seven seed. So it's mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, it's hard for me to really think of any stars on this market um, who make any sense with this roster. I mean, Ben Simmons is 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 uh, not really a solid fit here, I don't think. Um, so you know, you brought up Zaire Williams and that's sort of something I kind of wanted to get into. Um, something I always thought for a team that has two picks really anywhere in the draft, um, especially if they're going to be good. Uh, the odds are they're not going to have two rookies in their rotation. Uh, even like the Warriors last year, um, you know, they had drafted, uh, was Jordan Poole drafted last year or not last year, but two years ago, I mean, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, like, you know, he didn't make the rotation then, and then he was barely in the rotation. So it's pretty rare that you're going to have one rookie in the rotation. Um, but someone like Eric Pascal, you know, broke through and was in the rotation as a rookie. You know, some of that might have been necessitated by the lack of depth on the roster and, and the, you know, just absurd amount of injuries the Warriors were dealing with. But I think there's something to be said for taking one player – you expect to contribute somewhat immediately like a Moses Moody or, you know, nightmare scenario, a Davion Mitchell, you take him and you're like, this guy is, he's immediately going to play. And then maybe with that 14th pick taking a Zaire Williams or, you know, maybe crazy, like a JT Thor, something like that. And taking a bet that, you know, this guy's going to sit on the bench or play in the G league for a year or two, but, that top end outcome is so much higher than you're going to get from someone like a, you know, say a Corey Kispert with 14, with the 14th pick or a Chris Duarte. Um, because I don't think, I don't think there's two players, the Warriors draft here that both of them are contributing to um, this team next year, unless it really is like Davion Mitchell and Corey Kispert. And they're just going all in on guys for this. Right. I could, so I get your argument. I guess I'd flip it around and say, like, to me, I'd probably take Moody at seven. And if you really want to get the immediate guy, I do like Duarte. 
Like I liked him last year. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you do that at 14 and I'd kind of hold my nose and like live with it. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've said this to some other people. He, you know, so we have Juan Toscano Anderson. He seems mm-hmm. kind of in that mold. Like he's a better shooter, but he's, he's a tough kid. Like I, I, I went to like, uh, I saw uh, Oregon uh, play Stanford last, you know, before the pandemic and uh, didn't know who he was going into that but like coming out I was like that guy is good you know um so I I liked Duarte but it's it annoys me when guys jump up like uh, all of a sudden and I don't think his game changed that much he definitely shot uh shot better this year but but some of that's you know it's not a huge sample uh so I think he was already a good player but um yeah I guess if you go that route I'd probably I don't have him that like as high on my board, you know, I mean, again, like why not take miles like <laughs> at 14, you know, I mean, he's a winner, like, and, and there's probably some other guys you could argue. Um, I'm trying to think if I, uh, if I pull up my board, like who else I might say is in the same boat. Like uh, Jared Butler, even Jared Butler would have been a, a good one. Yeah. But he's, you know, he, he's got uh, some issues. Um those are probably, I mean, those are probably the main guys, right? Like I don't, uh, the other guys that have my board are all pretty young or centers or. Yeah, or I would, like I would say like some guys who, who probably aren't in that range, um, who I would have in that range would be like uh, Trey Murphy, the third and a Kessler Edwards are guys who I think could contri- contribute immediately, but they're not going to go at 14, um, right. especially not with the combine it, here. It sounds like Kessler Edwards is having, um, well, you, you know, can maybe, trade back. That, that yeah. you, so that would be a situation where if you thought that um, there are other guys, I mean, uh, you know, Aaron Henry, uh, like uh, even like there's some other guys down there, uh, maybe Garuba. Like, I don't know where he's going to go, but, you know, he's he's playing high level basketball in Europe. Right. So, like, that's another guy. Um yeah, I think if you were going to take some of those guys, you'd want to trade back, you know. But again, like, tra- what does that do for the Warriors? You know, are they going to like who are they who are they going to get back in return? Some other rookie, or someone on a rookie contract, I guess, um, or a future pick, right? It's just I don't know that it helps them. So I think all that still to me argues like you you got to try to get out of this draft. I think if you can. Yeah, yeah I, I would I would agree that that's probably that's probably the move here is is uh, try and get something for these picks. It's probably it's probably how it's going to go as well. Like I, I would say that's probably what I would do, and I also think that's probably what's going to happen because uh, I think the Warriors drafted James Wiseman thinking he would help immediately, and we're kind of punched in the mouth a little bit and uh, have sort of. I don't want to say learn their lesson, but are at least trying to learn that lesson. It's so sad because, you know, you you ask like at the top, like, like, what do they need? They need LaMelo Ball. (laughs) And it's so funny because that was the whole thing last year was like, he's a bad fit. You know, he's not ready to win now. And you're like, literally, it's less than a year later. (laughs) You're like, that could have changed the franchise. So who could have seen that? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think we've kind of touched on it a little bit, um, but I kind of wanted to get into what are some, some things where like, if, 
if you can't trade out or if you end up keeping the picks, whether it be uh, a bad trade or, or just the, the players that you don't think really contribute or help out to the Warriors, what are some like worst case scenarios come draft night that you just absolutely would not want to see happen? I mean, I guess my worst case scenario is like, like just personally, I, I don't want to take Davion at seven and like Kispert at 14. I just, yeah. and maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe they'll be fine. I, you know, if, if this was last year and it was like Desmond Bain, I think at 14, I probably be, it probably be a different story for me. Cause I, I like Bain, even like a Sadiq Bay, like that's a, that's fine. Like I would have been okay with that. Um, I just think this narrative that these guys, these guys are ready to come in. Uh, cause I remember them talking about that last year with Obi top. Right. And we saw like, you can, you can be however many years old and <laughs> it doesn't make you necessarily ready to win. And look at the guys who were the, some of the best rookies like LaMelo and Poku was like, you know, I mean, he was, his stats are shitty and all that, but like he, he got on the court a lot, obviously played. He was pretty impressive. Uh, Patrick Williams. Right. So you don't have to be a coral. Like there were a ton of young guys last year. So this like idea that ready, you're ready because you're 22. It's just some guys are, but like, it's not just because they're old, you know, they're yeah. further along in their development, but they may totally flatten out um right away you know so I don't know like I, I I mean maybe Kispert could come in and 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 just shoot and you know uh maybe I don't know I'm pretty skeptical though that 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 would be the case so I I guess my my nightmare scenario is the Warriors essentially if their front if the front office is like no we're good we you know Wiseman is going to be a year older um, we're going to roll with Wiseman at center. Looney might leave. You don't know. Like he's a free agent. He could leave. He has a, a player option, but I mean, he definitely could go somewhere else, uh, get a multi-year contract. <laughs> so we'd literally be left with James Wiseman. And I think Pascal as our backup center. Um, you know, last year we had Marquise Chris and he got hurt and he's gone. Uh, and that's the other thing is that, you know, when Clay got hurt, it, I, I think, I mean, I think even Myers said this, that there were some, there were some vets that decided not to come, you know, maybe Marcus all might've, might've been here uh, for a season or two if, if Clay doesn't get hurt. So like there's, there's sort of downstream effects. If you don't, if you don't get this right and like the Warriors need to sign guys on vet mints like they definitely have to sign like two or three guys right um they need like someone in the zaza patchouli role you know to to sop up some minutes at center if you if you don't get this right and 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 the free agents out there don't think we have a chance at winning why would they come here you know they're not going to come here so like if you if you make a trade and you look like you're <clears throat> you know serious about winning uh, then guys are going to say, hey, you know, maybe that's a place like they need some guys coming off the bench uh, to chase a ring might be a good spot. So you can't you, it's like if you roll with <clears throat> basically three or four, essentially three or four rookies that are going to get rotation minutes like 
you're not going to get the vets like you got in the past, like David West and, you know, guys like that. So, um, yeah, they got a lot of, they ha they, ha they can't just think about these picks. Like there's, there's a whole ecosystem that they have to consider. That's, that's something I hadn't really considered or, or, or maybe I had forgot about that they, they were supposed to, or they, sh they probably would have got more, uh, more vets on those uh, minimum deals. Um, but yeah, I, I would say the most likely scenario is probably these two picks. I would say it's probably um, Ubre and Wiseman also packaged if they can get a star. Cause I think they have to move off either Ubre or Wiggins contract. Ubre is a free agent. So yeah. They have to, okay. yeah. So they had, they, they'd be lucky to get a sign and trade, I think at this point. Okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I think Wiggins is probably who you're trying to move to to match any sort of star draft cap or right. salary because of what he makes. Yeah, he's literally the only one. I mean, you know, Wiseman, you know, makes eight million, but I guess you're you're most likely gonna package him. But it's 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 Wiggins. So one trade, for example, that I've heard that I, I've been thinking about is Gordon Hayward. Mm -hmm. So I think he makes like I think he makes like thirty million, right? And and Wiggins makes thirty million uh you know if they like if they like Wiseman which wouldn't surprise me if they you know might have liked Wiseman seems like an MJ sort of guy yeah um, you could imagine Wiggins Wiseman um I, I don't know if you'd have to throw in a pick but like that's sort of ideal actually like in, in some ways if you could package Wiggins and Wiseman mm -hmm. and maybe and and maybe keep the picks or, or throw in 14 and keep seven and then get Hayward and like pick Moody at seven. I mean, so you have Hayward and Moody. Uh, that would be <laughs> maybe they'll throw in Malik Monk. Like I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I don't. But like like uh, like um, you guys were saying before, the Hornets now are you know they're they're essentially a playoff team going forward. So why would they do that? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like. Uh, they just they just signed Gordon Hayward and they so they obviously like him and I think that's true for all these trades I've heard for the Warriors. Uh, Beal is one that's thrown out there, right? But like they they were just in the playing game. Um, they probably think of themselves as as a playoff team as well. Uh, Pascal Siakam is another guy. Not only though did he get hurt, so that's a little bit of a question. But now Toronto, you know, they have a good pick. Like maybe Masai thinks they're ready to you know, be competitive again. So like, why would they do that? Um, so like every, every, you look at all these situations, they, they don't stack up well for the Warriors in terms of trading for like, uh, for like a guy who would be essentially in the Warriors, like the third or fourth guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of an interesting, like, you know, I feel like trade season was so crazy just like a couple of years ago. But I think with the with the sort of expansion of the playoffs, um, or or at least postseason, I guess I guess that's probably the better way to describe the play-in games, um, as well as as the sort of uh, the the supermax. Like I feel like player movement is really stalling, um, and it's probably going to continue to stall. So it's sort of an interesting like uh, cascade effect of of the CBA. I just feel like it, it's harder you know, a lot less players are, are going to enter free agency because they'll take that giant contract that they can't get from anyone else. And then that's five years of team control. 
um, you know, unless they get the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert player option. Um, you know, and some guys will request out, but even like, you know, like Carl Anthony Towns probably won't be available till the deadline. And after mm-hmm. you make these picks, they will automatically lose their value. It's just like we saw with James Wiseman. You know, that second pick was worth a lot more in trade value than James Wiseman, even the second he was picked, because totally. instead of a team having that optionality, they it, you have to have room for a center, a young center who's not ready to win yet. It's just, it, it's, uh, they're in an interesting spot. Um, Conversely, if you, hit, if you hit on a pick like a Halliburton, I mean, now he's like worth exponentially exponentially more valuable than the than the pick was before right yeah i mean there's no way you could trade wiseman for halliburton right now straight up like oh I look just... at my guy look at my guy kevin herter <laughs> mm-hmm. so like a month ago you know maybe I, I was like all over i'm always all over twitter trying to get kevin herter right and it's like could we offer seven for kevin herter could you offer wiseman i'm like just go to schlank now we'll give you wiseman seven and 14 for kevin herter he, he turns it down, I think, right? I mean, absolutely, yeah. It's, I mean, Kevin Herter is has has been their second best player in the playoffs. It's that's sort of you know, value in the NBA is, is interesting like that. It, there's no sort of set rules. Um, if you're like, I don't pay that much attention to the NFL, but like the NFL draft has like this set like list of like what picks are worth, right? It's like when you're trading up or down, and it's just not that in the NBA. I mean, we saw – what did the Knicks do last year? Didn't they turn 23 and 29 into 21 and 27 or something like that? It's like like through their arbitrage, they ended up just having two picks that moved up like a couple spots each. It's just uh, – it's the Wild West. Um, and while that's, you know, good for some teams, the Warriors are in such an odd place. You know, having been this dynasty, one of the greatest teams of all time, um, and now, you know, trying to capitalize on, on you know, what are uh, an unknowable amount of years left of, you know, maybe the greatest point guard in NBA history. You, know, you don't want to lose out on this on this window, but it's just it's just tough. And even you mentioned like a trade for Gordon Hayward. Is Gordon Hayward really better for this team than Andrew Wiggins? Maybe. I think Gordon Hayward is a better player, but he's not the defender Wiggins was. I mean, right. Wiggins has turned into like a, a solid, solid positive on the defensive end. And he made a difference in that. Like he made LeBron work in that playing game. Um, it's just, it's, it's sort of an interesting spot for him to be. Yeah. I think, I think the league has gone so far towards offense that like, you know, Hayward would be, would be valuable. Like, like, yeah, maybe he's not the defender Wiggins is, but like, you probably have to, you probably have to give that up, you know, to get, to get what they need. If they don't get it, I mean, and, and again, you 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 don't know what Clay is going to bring. I mean, I pray that he's going to be like, like KD and just just back to normal. You know, that'd be awesome. Uh, but even when they have, even even if Clay is a hundred percent, like like, you know, twenty nineteen Clay he was never like the, the super creator either. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it still would help them. I think to have that, they need to, they need to find that guy, I think somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, uh, even like a middle team would be like a perfect fit, I think, which is what I think you're sort of hoping 
like in the highest end of outcomes that, that Moody would be. Obviously, he's not going to be at that point in time um, for the Warriors to really compete. So a, a player like that, I think, really fits what the Warriors would do. But there's just no player like that that's that's currently available on the market, I think. It's funny. Yeah. And, and things change so quickly. I mean, <laughs> just look at the Hawks, right? Like, you, you look at the, you know, they're playing Trey, Herder, and Collins. Like, if you had told me a year ago, those guys would hang with the Bucks. In yeah. the Eastern in the Eastern Conference Finals and actually not get killed, you know, defensively. It's just like, how is that even possible? Part of it is the it's just the league is swinging so much the other way, and you have Trey, who's basically a generational point guard. Um, you know, so it's almost like a year ago I would have said, "Hey, should the Warriors trade for John Collins?" No, like, why would you do that now? They probably couldn't if they wanted to, right? Like, mm-hmm. So you got to, you, you know, it's funny because the Warriors, their slogan was light years, <laughs> you know, they're light years ahead, but they've kind of, they've kind of fallen behind, you know? So it's a, it's a little sad. I mean, um, but we've had so much winning that, you know, I've had a, basically a lifetime of winning in the last few years. So I, I can't complain too much, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a shame. Like, and, 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 you know, it's, they've gone two years now without winning, uh, I, I guess Steph is coming up for a contract, right? So yeah, that's, that's another huge question is like, if you don't win this year, uh, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah. All the narratives and rumors start coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Warriors definitely have an uphill battle, I think, in terms of getting back to, to once, what they once were, um, just in terms of acquiring the personnel needed to get there. Um because I do think they have some of the pieces needed to acquire that. It's just a matter of uh, how many sellers are there going to be. And I don't think at, at this point there's, there's too many for them. Um, so that's where you look at what they did initially to get to that dynasty, and it was built through the draft, right? Um, so, I mean, it's an unlikely outcome, but if they were to hit on both of these picks, that could be – what helps them transition and not completely fall flat into having to fully rebuild. Um, so there's outcomes, I think, where these two picks can be um, really useful for them. Um, like you said as well, where if you hit on them, uh, like uh, Tyrese Halliburton, like the 14 becomes, you know, number five in a redraft, then that's maybe you look to move it because it brings back talent immediately that, that right. gets back to that dynasty. So um, even if they keep these picks, I think there's avenues for them to get back there. It's just a matter of um, drafting well, which they have a mixed bag of, but initially they, they showed a lot of talent in doing so. Yeah, that's the hedge. It's like you want to draft two guys who you think can help somewhat, you know, you, but but they have a high enough ceiling that they can show it early. Mm-hmm. Um that's where someone like, like uh, Shangun, you know, like what if he comes in and he looks like Kevin Love, right. In, in his, in his rookie season. And yeah. you're like, yeah, he, he maybe doesn't help us win a title this year, but some other teams like, or maybe 29 other teams are like, Hey, you know, uh, that guy looks really interesting. Um, just like Poku, right. Like he was objectively bad. I mean, you know, like uh, by all the metrics or whatever, but he just looks so intriguing that his trade value, it, it's probably through the roof right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think uh, that's sort of the 
the middle ground that the Warriors are going to have to try and find in this draft. Um, and it's it's an uphill battle, but um, it is achievable, I think. Yeah, I actually, th- you know, I'm I'm very low on on Shingun or Shingun. I I don't necessarily know how to say it. I need to learn. Um, I, but like, I don't with know if I'm the saying war- it right either. <laughs> with the Warriors, like, I could see him kind of because uh, he'll immediately be the backup center. I feel like, um, or or maybe even you know maybe it's like third string center, but he'll immediately get minutes. He could he could work him, himself into being an interesting trade chip at the deadline with the Warriors. If, if that's sort of what you're betting on with the 14th pick, uh, it's hard for me to see like a better player to do that with. Honestly, yeah. I mean, because he's he has like the type of role that like is really intriguing to bad teams. Like I think his ultimate. He, he seems to me like he's someone who's going to be like the ultimate like floor raising center like like at, at his you know 85 percent outcome similar to like a sub bonus right where it's this is a guy who who's going to make your bad teams that don't have a, a coherent offense he's going to make their offense like a little more coherent he can be right a solid hub and teams like that especially teams that have a star that wants out you know, say, say by midseason, it like Bradley Beal is done or, you know, I've even heard like Damian Lillard has been mentioned with to the Warriors, which would be just <laughs> insanely fun. Um, but like I could see a team who has to get rid of a star being like, I'll take that guy who who at least gives us something on offense immediately, something we can work with. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit uh, thinking way back. I know, I know Sabonis and love, like I've compared him usually to Sabonis and love, but another guy, different, different player. But like, if you think about DeMarcus cousins, like early on uh, where he came in and like the offense, he was just such a kind of a prodigy on offense, you know, and he became like this sort, sort of phenomenon and not a, I mean, he had all kinds of, you know, issues, you know, so he's one of these, like he, he would raise your floor, but defense was a problem, whatever, but he was so kind of fun, fun to watch and things like that. And then he developed the shooting and all that. So I could imagine like someone like this coming in and maybe, I I think he's actually going to shoot eventually. Um, But maybe they, maybe he does that quicker than, than anyone thinks, or his passing is pretty good. Like maybe he just looks super intriguing in his rookie season. Um, in that energy, you know, like it starts out as a Harold kind of role where you come in and just, you're an energy big, uh, coming off the bench. And that's actually like where the Warriors get some bench scoring, you know, with him and pool. so basically like him and pool and Moody, I mean, if nothing else, that's probably a fun trio. <laughs> like, it, I, I would, could be. It sounds like a league pass team right there. <laughs> um, this is great. Uh, so before we get out of here, um, is there any last word you guys have uh, on the Warriors and uh, and this year's draft? Just lay it out there, Evan. No, I mean, my thing is I, I, I get annoyed. So it's like I get annoyed by all the. I wish that I wish the front office would just shut up. Like, honestly, that's my one pet peeve about this this franchise. Like they're so into marketing and like constantly reminding us of like uh their genius um i don't know why i don't know why they do that it drives me crazy you know talking about uh smoke screens and all that 
at the end of the day, I mean, you just don't know. I, I you know, in the last draft cycle, I kind of had a gut feeling we were going to take Wiseman. So I, I, I was setting myself up not to be disappointed. I'm kind of doing the same thing again. Uh, I'm just going to assume what we're going to draft Davion Mitchell and Corey Kispert and like basically anything outside of that. Uh, I think I'll be, I'll probably be pretty happy, but if that happens, I will have some very, uh, you'll want to mute me on draft night, basically on Twitter. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it though. Um, there's a lot of upside for you to be optimistic if, if something goes differently. Yeah. So, uh, well, we, we appreciate having you on. Um, it's been a blast. Uh, I really appreciate your insight. Um, you're one of my favorite follows on Twitter. So if you want to go ahead and just plug yourself and, anything you're working on or um, just where people can find you or follow you? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm at the city too on uh, Twitter. If people don't know why, because you know, the Warriors, the city, but I tried to get that early on, but that was taken. So I was the city too. It's kind of a random thing. Uh, and then I would say like, I'm always, um, always have things cooking with basketball analytics and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I have a GitHub, it's Evan Z. And uh, from time to time, I post, uh, you know, articles on the draft and things like that. But if people are more analytically inclined, they can check out some of my uh, projects. Um, there's a bunch of like Jupyter Notebook type projects up there with like my, you know, draft measurement, the uh, measurements model and things like that. Um, so, yeah, and just uh, that's about it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, man. Um, this has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.